0: Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
1: Hey, everybody. Welcome to Que Go Lasso. This is our Thursday preview as Tottenham face liverpool in the premier league we also have some coppa italia and some coppa del rey matches to look ahead to but also we'll have a big conversation with jimmy conrad as we talk about managers who is the next one that'll be facing the sack this and much more as kego lasso begins right now Hey, everybody. Welcome to Que Go Lasso on this beautiful Wednesday for our Thursday preview. And of course, I'm here with my man, Jimmy Conrad. Jimmy C, what's up, buddy? What's up, Luis? How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Uh, I'm woken up. I'm ready. Listen, games every single day, action all the time. And then we look ahead to the weekend. It's just a lot, right?
2: It is a lot, but uh, I couldn't imagine doing it with anybody else, Luis. I'm giving you a nice virtual warm hug right now.
1: Oh man, right back at you. We're all doing it. There's nothing but love here and nothing but love for our K Golasso family. And we begin, uh, of course, with some news. We don't really want to talk about Tottenham Liverpool. We will get into that. We promise we're going to talk a lot about that. But we wanted to do a little game here uh, with everybody. Jimmy, listen, a lot Mm -hmm. of managers, of course, in the conversation of doing well but also not doing so well, right? We've talked about Frank Lampard, of course, leaving Thomas Tuchel coming in, but there are so many other storylines worth talking about specifically. And we will begin in the Premier League, everybody, at the bottom of the table. When you look at all these clubs, you see that there's a lot of movement. And a lot of non-movement on the pitch. You saw how West Brom got absolutely demolished by Man City. Crystal Palace losing to West Ham. Fulham is still struggling to see what they can do. Burnley, as we speak, are getting ready against Aston Villa. Wolves, of course, without Raul Jimenez, really struggling. So, Jimmy, I wanted to throw it to you because I specifically didn't highlight one team Who is the next manager do you think that will be facing the sack? And I wanted to start in the Premier League and at the bottom of the table because it's looking really interesting.
2: Okay. First and foremost, I love games, Luis. So anytime we have games on k Golasso, I'm in a hundred percent. I have a a void in my life. I used to compete every day as a professional athlete. And then that's taken away from you. And you're like, what do I, I got to beat somebody up and beat somebody at something, you know? So I'm very excited to be here for this game. I don't know if I'm going to win or lose, but you can tell me I'm a winner at the end and that will fill my quota for the day. So uh, let's just get that out of the way. That's first. Second, Listen, everybody knows I'm a Newcastle supporter. I'm going Newcastle all day, every day on this, with all due respect to Sheffield's Chris Wilder. You know, at some point, Sheffield were going to drop off. They were so good the previous season. I think the expectations were a little bit higher, but I think they're going to go down and enjoy the championship next season, fellas. Uh, West Brom, I still think that Sam Allardyce, given his track record, has a chance of getting them out, has a lot of work to do. Unlucky, I think, to play Man City at this point, Luis, because they are an absolute buzzsaw, doing it on both sides of the ball. I'm going to throw that one out. He needs to get points against other teams. Man City was never one he was looking at going, Ah, we're going to get a point out of that one. No chance. Fulham, I don't know. I'm still on the fence about Fulham. Yes, they're pretty competitive. And yes, they've tightened things up defensively. We'll see. Brighton, I think Brighton will stay up. Newcastle is trash, dude. That's my club. We're (laughs) trash. We've lost five straight games. Okay, we've scored 19 goals in 20 games. We can't get it figured out on any... In any way, we have no identity outside of just we're going to sit back and hope for the best, which is not an identity, by the way. You, me, Louis, any of us could go out there and roll out a team and say, good luck, boys, you know, and roll the ball out there. And I'll be wrong, you're a good player. And Joe Linton, you used to be a good player when you played in the Bundesliga. You know, and, and JoJo Shelby, you're pretty good at, like, hitting long passes. Figure it out. You know, and that's not an identity. And the fact that Steve Bruce still has a job is very surprising for me. I'm putting my name in the or put my flag on the ground right now i really i actually just want to write a strong strongly worded letter to to steven gerrard and really just lay in the guilt trip please come to newcastle it's a nice stepping stone to get the liverpool job when jurgen klopp leaves i want you steven gerrard you know what you know what that i'll take frank lampard at this point i'll take anybody besides steve bruce i think he's a nice human being he seems really sweet uh but but He's not the guy for the job. They need somebody else. The players don't look like they're enjoying themselves. He should be gone next. And frankly, I'm surprised he's still there. I do worry about Nuno, the manager for, for Wolves. They've dropped off trem- tremendously. I know they have some significant injuries. I worry about him a little bit. I want him to stay in the Premier League. I don't want him to leave Wolves, but I worry about him a little bit. That's what I'm looking at with regard to, to managers. Um, sorry, I just, I just went off on Newcastle. I'm so upset. Uh, at uh, Steve Bruce and Mike Ashley, the owner, just, just, um, yeah. I just wanted identity, man. Yeah. <laughs> Outside of, it's just different than the one we have.
1: No, absolutely. Now, listen, I mean, th- there's no secret to, to how you or any Newcastle fan feels at the moment for how they have been doing. You've already talked about the statistical records and how they're playing. And I tweeted actually during the game yesterday, uh, when they lost, Uh, that, you know, players like Miguel Almiron, I just feel so sorry for them. They're working so hard to just do anything, get anything out of a game. And obviously, creatively speaking, they're just so limited. So Steve Bruce, to me, in the Premier League would be the next one in line. And listen, you mentioned Steven Jared. How about Eddie Howe? Somebody like that, right? Who could at least try and create something. I know it's difficult, especially because we're facing February and the games come thick and fast and the Premier League season will come to an end sooner rather than later. So it, it's not that easy to say, okay, get rid of him. And then who do you bring in? But uh, with Newcastle, it's like, like you said, anybody, something, create something because right now you see, you really don't see uh, light at the end of the tunnel. For me, uh, it's very difficult because I think Fulham are going to be fine. Actually. I think Fulham are going to get out of this. Wow. I've seen enough to think that I think in games where they should get something out of it, they're going to, I think creatively speaking, they can do something. So to me, the blueprint is this, Jimmy, from those clubs. And I think I'll go as high as crystal palace, crystal palace all the way down. Okay. Who can creatively do something during 90 minutes that can get you goals. So you look at crystal palace, Sahab and Teke can maybe get something. So I think they will be okay. Once again, wolves worries me. Wolves worry, honestly, what you, you, you talked about Raul Jimenez, of course, but it's not just him. I just, I, where are the goals going to come from? They worry me a little bit, but is it,
2: they picked up William Jose from Real Sociedad. That's very true. Scored scored 50 goals in the last four and a half seasons for, for La Real. Uh, He wore the number nine shirt. Like he, he can hit the back of the net. Now, I think the big challenge for Nuno is how fast can he get into the team and get caught up and, and really start to be a presence because the better they have a uh, number nine up top and have more presence, it's going to open up space for the players we're talking about. However, they have their number 10 who's hurt. We talked about this yesterday. Daniel Podence is, is very influential into that team. And he really is a guy that kind of is the glue in some ways for the attack to kind of flow in a meaningful way. And when he's out, just, they just, they seem very predictable and one dimensional on attack. So to your point, yeah, I'm worried for Nuno as well.
1: Uh, but you made a very good point about William Jose's arrival, which should you know, alleviate some of the pressure from Fabio Silva and other players. So maybe they're OK only because also the narrative of this season has been it's not so much who's saving themselves out of relegation, but who's the least worst team? Because there's right. so many teams that are struggling. And I just read something about when Mourinho was asked, would this be the com- most competitive season for you in England? He said, I, I think so. And I think that makes a lot more sense at the bottom of the table. So Burnley, oh, Burnley, Sean Dykes, Burnley. I mean, they're just this team that really, they're a championship team that just keeps staying in the Premier League. Well, that's like Uh,
2: Sheffield. I feel the same thing about Sheffield, to be honest.
1: Right. And then Brighton, I just think they have enough, once again, to save themselves. I think Graham Potter is a very good manager. It's just, once again, he, he falls in love too much with his offensive side of things and not enough defensively. But are they going to be enough? I think Fulham are going to get out of it. West Brom are going down. Uh, you know, Sam Allardyce or not, I, I just—they're just—they're just not good enough. They're not good enough. Sheffield United, like you said, I mean, right now, five points—that's just—it's just not worthy enough. And I think, <laughs> I, 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 I think Newcastle's I, the one, man. I think Newcastle. I, will, I, yeah. Unless yeah. you get rid of Steve Bruce, Newcastle's the one.
2: Well, so here's the interesting thing for Mike Ashley as an owner right? And this goes for all the owners, but Mike Ashley in particular, because Newcastle obviously have a long history, ha- have such an incredible background and, and accomplishments in the past. They should be in the premier league, right? He's going to lose a lot of value. If, if Newcastle dropped down into the championship, the club, he won't be able to sell the club for the same amount. He just won't. Maybe, maybe, maybe there's an argument to be made, that he, he still could given all this history. I just think they go down and they're just not worth as much. So you'd like to think that that's going to motivate him to do something, to at least try to do something by the end of the season. And if you're going to do it, why not now in the middle of a transfer window so you could potentially sign one, two guys, they could be championship players for all I care. Just inject the team with a little bit of a different life and, and take it from there. Um, So yeah, that's what I'd say that Burnley though. I just looked at this and I hadn't looked at it in a while. They've only scored 10 goals this season out of 18 games. And, and that's, that's tragic. So I don't know who's going to score the goals for Burnley, to your point about Wolves. Like, who's stepping up there? Pedro Neto really emerged as a player for Wolves, 20 years old, four goals, three assists this season. He's got one goal and one assist in his last 10 games. That's not going to get it done. Raul Jimenez is out. You need the other guys to step up and do the business. Ruben Neves is another player. Obviously, Podence is somebody we mentioned as well. I think William Jose will be a big improvement. I think that's a great signing for, for Wolves, and I think he'll, that'll be enough. Having somebody like William Jose, whether he scores or not, but just having a presence like him who can hold the ball up and allow him to transition will be a big difference. I worry about the teams that just can't score because they can't score. It's not due to injury. They're just terrible. Right. So you got Burnley, you got Newcastle. uh, You got Sheffield's only scored 10 goals as well. So, so, you know, from there I I get a little bit Fulham and West Brom have both scored 15 goals. So all these teams that are struggling scoring goals are, are the ones that I worry about the most because it's, it's one thing as a manager, if you're like, oh, my team's creating chances, we're just not scoring. That's Liverpool right now, right? <laughs> a ton of chances, just not scoring goals. But on the flip side- G
1: factor, right.
2: Right, right. But then on the flip side, you have these teams that just, they're not creating chances or scoring goals. And that is a red flag for, for failure, ultimately.
1: Yeah. And by the way, as we speak, Burnley still have to play Villa uh, as we speak today. So we'll see what happens there. But still, I, here's what I see as well. Fulham has two games in hand on Newcastle. Right. And here's mm. some games that Newcastle still have to play just oh, for here everybody. We, here, here
2: we go. Thanks. They have to
1: play Everton on Saturday. OK, Palace after that. Southampton after that. Chelsea, Manchester United. They also have to play Wolves. OK, West Brom, winnable games. Villa, Brighton, winnable games. Then-
2: <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Time out. Time out, everybody. <laughs> I love you, Luis. You Nothing's like, winnable
1: for them. I know I know, winnable. I know, I know. But, but I, know.
2: I love that like your, your pores ooze with optimism, and I respect that. But when I'm you say winnable optimistic. games... I'm I very optimistic. I'm very optimistic
1: on them. But There's no, s-
2: no. no such thing as a winnable game for Newcastle. But go no, on, very, continue.
1: No, very good point. I was just trying to give some hope. But let me give you the real daunting part, which is towards the end of the season, which is Arsenal, Liverpool, Leicester City, Man City
2: yeah we're going down thanks for that <laughs> <laughs>
1: that's very very difficult so who do you think by the way if you're listening to this i would love if you could tweet us kego lasso pod or jimmy conrad uh and me lm Echegaray. if you could tweet us and who would be that third i guess sheffield united would be one west Brom for me and i'm going right now and i'm going to say newcastle is the third unless some major major drastic changes happen what about you who are your three <laughs>
2: I'll say Sheffield for sure. I think that Fulham's going to go down. I'm going to still stay on the Big Sam, keeping his record of getting teams promoted. I think somehow they're going to figure it out. I'm going to stay on that train for a little bit, maybe for at least another eight games. Hit hit me up again in eight to 10 games. But I do think that Newcastle, specifically for the things we talked about, and then that schedule is just brutal. And I just don't think they have it uh, in them too. Even if they got a new manager and added a player or two, that schedule is still unrelenting and I don't see them having any success so it's gonna be nice to be in the championship next year at least we'll win some games right at least we'll win some
1: games <laughs> or maybe not we'll or maybe that. not yeah great. well we'll see what happens but listen uh just final on, we'll move out of premier league for a second but final thing on west Brom, they have to play uh, liverpool arsenal villa wolves leicester city southampton chelsea oh, this is good. man united and tottenham This is, oh man, this is going to be very interesting to see who that third spot is. So very intrigued to hear you guys out there and let us know who you think uh, is going to be relegated. It's always, it's going to be very intriguing this season. All right, Jimmy, let's move out of the Premier League for a second because there are other managers as well who are not doing their job as well as these fans of those respective clubs would have hoped for. Who are you thinking of when I say that sentence?
2: First and foremost, I'm thinking about Andre vs. boas at Marseille. I think I've never been a fan. I know he emerged from Porto and had a lot of success there and was kind of one of the hanger-ons, let's say, or part of the backroom staff of Jose Mourinho, and that's kind of how he got his start. And there are some similarities there in terms of how they coach. I just don't buy what he's selling. Marseille were absolutely terrible in the Champions League group stages. They scored one goal in the run of play. And it was against Olympiacos when Olympiacos was missing like five guys. So I don't even know if that counts. Uh, they didn't, they didn't win. I mean, I guess they won one game. It just how they play, given the amount of talent that they have on their team is ridiculous. They're now on a three straight game losing streak. They were doing okay domestically. So the thing was, okay, he's not doing great in champions league, but okay. They're, they're near the top of the table in the champ, uh, in, in Liga. Now they're winless in their last four, lost three straight games. They, they actually winless less their last five. They lost to Paris Saint-Germain um, in the very cup. Very good right there, by the way. Thank you very much. And uh, they actually played okay in that one, enough to potentially get a result. But they ended up losing 2-1, and they've lost three straight since then. It's, I just don't think he's the guy. And again, if, if you want to make a move and try to impact the team in a meaningful way and potentially give a new manager, if you want to give some money to spend, if he's identified one player you might want to get, this would be the time to do it and i just don't know what they're waiting for he's got i just think he's on a short short leash i think he should have been fired a long time ago given his quote unquote reputation i just don't think he's all hype for me i think he's overhyped uh you know we're the same age <laughs> i feel like i could do a better job i'm working on my coaching licenses right now don't you worry i'm getting my a here in the states and i'm gonna get my uefa badges after that but that's for another conversation another time i think he's trash another one that i would consider is uh edin tersich Borussia Dortmund's interim manager, uh, Lucien Favre got fired by Dortmund. Uh, Tursic is kind of just playing somewhat the same style, but just higher up the field. I mean, proverbial
1: word here, uh, interim, right? Interim, so it's not yeah. like he's not the definitive decision for Borussia Dortmund.
2: So I'm curious to see who, who comes in because Dortmund, though they show obviously so much talent, they should be playing better than they are. They keep dropping points to teams that they shouldn't, in my opinion, or at least getting draws that are losses at the moment or, or draws when they should win. I want to throw Jesse Marsh's name in the hat. I don't know if RB, because of the RB family, RB, you know, New York Red Bulls, RB Leipzig, RB Salzburg, they're all in together. I don't know if uh, RB Leipzig or the, the, the HQ of RB, Red Bull, would, would allow him to leave RB Salzburg to join Dortmund, but I don't know. I know Marco Rose, uh from uh, Gladbach is, I think, the favorite right now, but they need to figure that out. So I'm really curious about the Dortmund job because there's that, that club in particular is just a factory for producing players. And they need somebody in charge that can get the most out of those youngsters.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Listen, before we leave this conversation and move on to the previews for Thursday, I actually just thought, as you were talking, one more thing I was thinking about. If Juventus doesn't win Scudetto, mm-hmm. if they don't win the Champions mm-hmm. League, good one. What happens to Andrea Pirlo, do you think?
2: At some point, they were not going to win the Scudetto, right? Are they going to win it 10 seasons in a row? I mean, at some point, you'd like to think that the trends and, and just time and how things are cyclical, that the Milan clubs are going to get back into the fray, and that's what we're seeing at the moment. With Inter winning yesterday against Milan, I thought maybe Inter was going to throw that game, so they had no midweek games to worry about. They could just focus on the Scudetto, but they, uh, Christian Eriksen, you know, hat, hat tip to him for what a free kick. Anyway. Beautiful. I will say that Pirlo is safe. I, I think that he is kind of in a Ronald Koeman-esque position at Barcelona where there's just a transition. You got some older guys that are getting a little bit older. You got your younger guys that probably aren't ready yet for the responsibility. You got the Cristiano Ronaldo situation in particular at Juve. Is he going to leave after this season? It would be kind of cool to see Messi go to Man City and and Ronaldo go to Man United, by the way. That's just the dream, Uh, just to finish out their careers in some ways before they go to MLS. Uh, I don't know. I don't think I don't. I'm not worried about Pirlo right now. I think they've demonstrated enough. And I think there's so much trust in him. As a manager and as a player, he's so smart. You know yeah. that um, I, I think they would give him another season, unless it ends up being an absolute train wreck and they finish out of the top four and they get embarrassed by Porto in the Champions League. I think he'll be fine.
1: All right, last one: Sinadin Sedan. He doesn't win the Champions League. He doesn't win La Liga. He's already out of Copa del Rey. But Sedan has a history. Sedan has already a re- relation. It's not a new boy in town here. We know, you know, we know what he's done. What, what do you think there? It, I guess it's, would it be more Zidane's decision?
2: Yes, 100%. Zidane, let's think about Zidane as a player, right? He saw the game 10 steps before it happens. This guy guy plays, you know, four-dimensional chess while the rest of us are playing checkers. Like, he can see it. He got out of Real Madrid, won three straight Champions Leagues, and recognized that this Cristiano Ronaldo situation is going to be an absolute disaster. I want no part of it. And resigned. He doesn't get sacked. You don't sack Zidane. He leaves. So, so yeah. he's just way too cool to get sacked. I don't see Zidane ever getting <laughs> sacked at any point in his career.
1: I imagine that uh, meeting with uh, Florentino Perez, and he opens the door, and, and Florentino's like, "Zinedine, sit down," and Zinedine's like, uh, "Hold up a second, <laughs> <Okay>. I leave,"
2: <laughs> and, and then he just closes the. That's door. it. I think that I think that's how it works.
1: Yeah. I don't know why there would be speaking in English in in his French accent, but it would probably be in Spanish. But (laughs) anyway, uh, when we come back, we'll have Thursday previews, betting tips, analysis, plenty more banter, including, of course,
0: Tottenham against Liverpool. Stay right here. Robert Half Research indicates nine out of ten hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you.
1: Welcome back, everybody, to Que Golazo with Jimmy Conrad. Now we begin our Thursday preview, and it's a big one in the Premier League as Tottenham face Liverpool. Both are right there, fifth and sixth, looking to climb up the table. A real tasty matchup here, Jurgen Klopp against Jose Mourinho. How do you see this one, Jimmy? What do you have for us?
2: Uh, Where do you want to start, Luis? I feel like we should have a nice back and forth with regard to this situation in particular. Right now, as it stands in the table, Man City have a seven-point gap over Liverpool. So for me, this is a must-win game. Uh, Spurs are one point behind Liverpool, so we could argue it's a must-win game for them. If either one of these clubs loses, I think they don't have any chance of winning the Premier League this season. Do you agree with me?
1: Yes, I agree with you.
2: I'm glad we're on the same page. Okay.
1: So I I actually made my decision that on Tottenham already before, but Liverpool emphatically. So they lose another game like this. Absolutely. And by the way, I mentioned those places in the premier league, but when you listen to this, that table might've changed a little bit after the Thursday matches, but equally the argument remains they're trying to climb up the table. But the answer is yes.
2: Yes. So what I find interesting, let's talk about Liverpool first. It's been one month, one month Luis, since they scored a goal in the premier league. Now, I know they got two, Mosala got two against Manchester United in the FA Cup on the weekend, so that's a good thing, right? Should build some confidence for them, but they still lost in the Cup. I'm not too worried about that. Jurgen Klopp has shown in his time in Liverpool, eh, losing the fourth round, the third round, the fifth round, I don't really care. I'd rather win the league and or the Champions League. So if they get rid of this midweek thing, and they just did, that's one less game in their congested schedule already to have to worry about. If you're going to lose in any cup competitions, might as well do it early. And I'm sure Real Madrid's feeling the same way, or at least that's how I would spin it. That's the silver lining, Luis. What I worry about, though, is the fact that they haven't scored goals. They have created chances, yeah. like we talked about earlier, but it's not their attack that's hurt right now, it's their defense. And because they still have Firmino and Salah and, and Mane, that makes me concerned. They've added Thiago Alcantara. That's only going to help the deep line playmaker. Very good pass for the ball. Maybe maybe there is, because Fabinho's deeper playing in the back line, Henderson's in the back line, they're just off a little bit in terms of how they transition. That's the one thing that I could say about Liverpool's attack, that they're just maybe not as fluid as they would be if everybody was healthy. Maybe they don't have passers of the ball in different areas and the runs are off. Time. I don't know, whatever it is, they're lacking something and and when you start to lack something you're not scoring your chances you start to get in your own head about it and you can tell that they are so it's nice that most lost scored over the weekend very important i just worry about that and then you're running into a spurs team right you have a struggling attack and you're running into a spurs team that have the second best defense in the premier league yeah. just behind manchester city they know how to get it done and i think things are tipping to to spurs and Mourinho potentially getting the result they've got everybody healthy. And the one thing that I want to add to this, and I want to get your thoughts. These two played about six weeks ago. 2-1, Liverpool won, if everybody remembers this. Spurs had 25% possession. Hingman scored. Uh, Hingman's son scored. Uh, and and But Liverpool fought back, got into it, and they scored in the 90th minute. Bobby Firmino. But Harry Kane had a couple good chances. And after this game, Reno said that he thought his team was the better team and deserved to win. Yeah. I don't know if I necessarily agree with that, per se. I don't know if you ever... For me, you never deserve the win if you only have 25% possession because you're just so reactive and not being proactive. That drives me crazy. What I find interesting, though, is that uh, uh, Indombelli didn't play in this game. And I feel like, and he's coming off two-goal performance against Wickham in the FA Cup off as a super sub, he's an X factor. He is so good at getting the ball to Harry Kane a little higher up the field, Hingman Sun in good spots. He didn't play the last time around, and I think he is going to prove to be the difference. I'm not going to give you – my prediction just yet, but, but do you think given what you've seen from Endon this season, that he will be enough to really occupy Liverpool and open up space for the other guys in a meaningful way?
1: Yeah, 100%. I mean, the midfield, I think like you just said everything there. I mean, with all the focus has been on Liverpool's back line and it's actually been fine. It's been offensively where they've been really struggling. Tiago Alcantara still hasn't shown what he can do. Of course he's had to deal with, with absences and injuries, et cetera, but we still haven't seen what he has done for Bayern Munich. And that's a spot there where Tango and Dumbele can really take over. And I know it was just Wickham with all due respect, but he was just ex- like, just his confidence was just coming out of his port. You could see that he's just dying to do everything that he can for Tottenham. And I think a Liverpool game is the perfect opportunity To do this. And yes, I think it's going to be a very difficult game for Liverpool, uh, just because, from a defensive perspective, as you mentioned. And equally, again, this is the type of game where the Harry Kane Huming Son combo can really damage you, especially because players like Trent Alexander Arnold and even Andy Robertson, to be quite honest, are not performing to what they can do. They are fantastic players. But right now, especially Trent Alexander-Arnold are playing below par. And actually, I said it last week, that's the reason why they're, Liverpool's really suffering. I think a lot of it has to do with their fullback as, fullbacks and the, the fact that they're just not playing to their potential because Gagan Preston relies so much on your width and going forward and, and that's not happening. And Tottenham is so equipped to make sure that they sort of contain that and then counter. And when you have Son and Kane, forget it, it's over. I don't know. Everything that I'm saying right now, I guess, points to a Tottenham win.
2: Yeah, I'm feeling the same way. There is something in Liverpool's favor. They have not lost to Tottenham in any competition since 2017. Hmm. So that's a a run of like 10 games unbeaten before they've dropped any points or let's say actually lost to, to Tottenham. So there's some history there. In the Champions League final, I was at that game where where Liverpool won. You know, a lot of those players are still involved for Spurs. They're still, that has to sit in the back of your mind. Like, let's end this. I mean, imagine Spurs. I'm sure Mourinho's in the locker room going, we can end Liverpool's season right now. And how how good would that feel? Yeah. knowing what they've done to you in the past.
1: That's exactly what Joseph Mourinho is going to say. Of course he is. Okay. Yeah.
2: And, I w- and I would be saying the same thing as a coach. You can crush this. these guys. You can crush their spirit. They've done it to you guys. Let's get them back. This is the time. They're yeah. going to be fired up and ready to go. My question is, does Mourinho believe in that counterattack enough? Because Harry Kane missed a wide open header in that one that would have made a 2-1 when they played six weeks ago. Okay, Is he going to still stay with that at home? Or is he going to try to open it up a little bit? If Ndombele plays, obviously they're a little bit different. If he's not in the team like he wasn't uh, earlier, if he's in it now, I feel like now you're committing three, four guys going forward. You got Rege Owen that can bomb forward. Awe seems to be healthy. I think he's going to be starting in the team in the back four. Then you got Winks and, and Hoiberg that can sit and allow Ndombele to maybe take some risk and find those pockets between the back line for Liverpool and really put Tiago Alcantara to the test. Like, okay. And then Jordan Henderson is a question mark still about whether he's going to play or not. I bet yeah. you he will. But but, you know, so it's going to be it's, it's a great tactical match. And that means we're going to probably see a zero zero snooze. At this <laughs> exactly.
1: point. Which actually but, would actually. Well, I don't know. I don't think it would suit either one. I think they what they'd no, need they know, they have get, to win, dude. they yeah. have to win? Yeah. You know, what's funny, though, as we're talking and I'm reading, you know, obviously the post the pregame pressers from both managers, Joseph Mourinho. I don't know if this is a mind game, Jimmy.
2: But he was asked. It's always a mind game
1: with this guy. Yeah, true. He was asked about Ben Davies because obviously he was sobbed out in that FA Cup win. And also Matt Doherty, who's mm-hmm. missed uh, the last few weeks, about the injuries. And Mourinho said, Yeah, and we have more problems than that that I'm not going to share. You have to wait for tomorrow, but we have a little bit of more problems than that. So I'm wondering if there are more injuries in this lineup or if that's just basically trying to keep. Jurgen Klopp guessing and you know Hugo Lloris I believe is still out uh, but you know in terms of any other you know additional injury worries for Tottenham I wonder who he's talking about
2: oh yeah I, I wonder as well um it could be uh Steve Bergwine it could be Gareth Bale it could be a whole bunch of people maybe it's Hoiberg you know I don't know um, yeah true That said, I don't think Liverpool fans care because they have the most injuries that we've seen by uh, (laughs) (laughs) a reigning champion in quite some time. Right, they're like,
1: cry me a river, bro. Exactly, exactly.
2: Exactly. So I I don't know, Mourinho doing Mourinho things and we'll see who ends up having to sit out. It could be just be referencing Deli Ali. I mean, it could be a whole bunch of different things that are going on uh, given that situation. I don't know, Um, but I do think that Tottenham will get the result here. I do think that they're going to be fired up and ready to go. I think because they're so good defensively, because Liverpool have been struggling on the attack, and there's great value on William Hill. If you want Spurs to win straight up, plus 225 is ridiculous, plus 245 for the draw. Wow. And then even if you like Liverpool, if you're diehard, I'm never gonna bet against my team. I'll never bet alone when it comes to betting. You know, um, very good. <laughs> that's, that's plus plus one twenty for Liverpool to win straight up. I kind of like I almost went both teams to score and Spurs to win, which would add the value a little bit. But I just think Spurs are going to win, so I don't know if it's one zero or two one, but I do like Spurs to win plus two twenty five, and uh, I think they're going to be looking to to end Liverpool's season before it even gets really gets started. Yeah, way this way. is going
1: to be really boring for our listeners because I'm going to agree exactly the same. <laughs> I think I think it's Tottenham two one, but you know what? I, like you said, I, here here comes the stalemate or the Liverpool thrashing. I just I don't know, but I, I just think. That Liverpool's issues are real, they are consistent, and they're not going away anytime soon, and it's worrying. And Tottenham is the last kind of op- opponent that you want to face right now. I'm going with a Tottenham win as well, 2-1. I just think they have too much uh for, for this side, and, and I think Tottenham's gonna win this one, and that's gonna be tough. All right, well, that's it. Then you know, there you have it. All right, any other games around Europe, Jimmy Conrad. Uh, we have some games in Europe, in Spain, in Italy. Uh, what do you have?
2: I got two games for us. One in Italy for the Coppa Italia. It's Napoli versus Spezia. Uh, Spezia just knocked out Roma in the Coppa Italia last week, 3-0. So they're playing pretty well, though they did play Roma in the league a couple of days later and they lost 4-3. But it was 3-3 in the 90th minute. I'm a Roma supporter, so I'm excited they won. Roma, we'll, we'll talk about them later uh, with regard to all the stuff that's happening with them. However, I do want to say that Spezia did beat Napoli last month. 2-1 in napoli and that's where this game is being played now napoli for everybody that doesn't know are the reigning champions of the coppa italia so you gotta think they're gonna get after it and make something happen but you know we've Specius is like 15th in the, in the table uh they got Udinese, who's 14th on the weekend so i worry about that game and maybe mixing up their lineup because that feels a little bit more more, more important in some ways just mm. so you can stay up and survive but if you have a chance to to knock out the defending champions of a competition, I think you're going to be up for it, especially because you have the experience of doing it just recently. I like the draw here. Everything's favored on William Hill, Napoli, Napoli, Napoli. It'll be the draw after 90 minutes. We've seen a lot of those in the Copa Italia so far over the last couple of weeks. And then I think Napoli will win out because their quality is just that much better. But I think Specy will be up for it for 90 minutes, and then they're going to lose an extra time. But the the value of a draw after 90 minutes is tremendous, plus 450. So I just think that's something to consider with regard to that. I don't know how you feel about it.
1: No, it's not a bad point. And Napoli uh, face Parma uh, on the weekend who are, you know, second to bottom in Serie A. So I I would imagine the focus really is right here in the cup. They want to defend their cup title, etc. So yeah, I agree with that one. All right, let's go to Spain. Copa del Rey.
2: Yeah, that's a great one. It's Alcoyano. Hopefully I'm saying that right. An Athletic Club de Bilbao Now, Alcayano, for everybody that doesn't know, beat Real Madrid, famously. The biggest win in club history last round. They were down 1-0 and down a man with 10 minutes to go. They came back and scored late and then scored another one in extra time to knock out
1: third division team, by the way.
2: Unbelievable. Third division team. They have, based on this run that they're currently in, nine-game unbeaten streak in all competitions, five clean sheets and only conceded four goals over those nine games. They beat Huesca in the round of 64. Okay. They're, in the, they're in the top division in La Liga. They beat Madrid, and now they have a, another chance here with Athletic to take another La Liga scout for the third consecutive thing to book their ticket into the quarterfinals. I think the dream's going to end here, but I do have a lot of respect for what they've done so far. And They've got a 41-year-old goalkeeper uh, you know, making crazy saves, and he was excellent against Madrid. So if they can keep that vibe going, who knows? But I think that Athletic, who who have come off winning the Super Cup in Spain, they knocked off Barcelona and Real Madrid to win it, they looked very good. And I really feel like they've got to this renewed sense of purpose with their new manager, Marcelino. They just beat Hatafé 5-1, but that game was on Monday. So here's my concern. They played on Monday against Hatafé, looked great. Raul Garcia had a, had a brace. He's playing very well right now in the spots that Marcelino wants him to play in. Then they play on Thursday. And then they play Barcelona in Barcelona on Sunday. This, That's a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot. So I worry about how he's going to juggle the team a lot. And I just think that gives an opportunity to get some value. As you can imagine, everything is very slanted towards Athletic doing the business here. But I think there's some type of spirit from this third division team that I really like. I think they're going to score, Alcayano. I really do. So I like Athletic to win, both teams to score. That's plus 290. That might be my favorite bet of of the day, frankly, because, and I really want to watch. I mean, I'll just be cheering for Alcayano to score. They did it against Madrid. And Madrid were rolling and mean, they had their guys. Madrid had their guys and you know, they put all their guys in at the very end and, and they still found a way to score. So that was with 10 guys against Madrid. I, I, I just think there's something about them. They'll get a goal, but I think athletic just have too much quality. And the fact that Madrid are out of the competition and the fact that Barcelona are a little weakened uh, so far, I think these clubs that are kind of in that second tier in Spain are seen as a, this as a good opportunity to potentially win the Copa del Rey.
1: I think that they'll take them to extra time. Wow three, three games for athletic Bilbao in less than wow. seven days. I think I could see that I could see a one- all and then Bilbao to win two one.
2: Don't go anywhere wait why? I want to see what that value is because I think that could the be draw, interesting. The draw after 90 minutes is plus 270.
1: That's not that great. I thought it'd be better than that. I thought so too. but plus I think that three, would happen because person, I think I, I think to your point they just played on Monday. they're playing Barcelona this weekend.
2: It's a lot. But do you think it's gonna be not you don't think it's gonna be zero zero, right?
1: No, I think it's one oh. I think it'll okay. be one nothing to Athletic Bilbao for a long time. Alcoyano will get a goal in like the 63rd, 70th minute, then it'll go to extra time, and then Athletic Bilbao will finish it off in extra time.
2: Yeah, that's how I feel about the Nap Napoli Speci game. So so match results, if you want to bet this, and it's a draw after 90 minutes and both teams score plus three eighty. That's a little bit better for you.
1: Okay. I want us to come back tomorrow with this when we do our weekend preview to see what happened because i feel very strongly about this actually no we can't because it'll we be we we'll have to talk about well, it on sunday, sunday heath will have to be patient, for be patient. <laughs> all right anything else jimmy conrad that's it right it's, it's it's not a super busy thursday but it's a plentiful one in terms of worthiness i think
2: 100%. I mean, we've got a great game with Tottenham Liverpool in particular and, of course, these cup competitions. And I think we're just getting everybody ready for the Thursdays that are coming up once the Europa League comes back and all these midweight games are happening with the Champions League as well. So I'm excited. This is going to be a, a great end of the month of January and then February is going to really be popping off.
1: Absolutely. Well, that's it. Jimmy Conrad, thank you so much for joining me. And, of course, Jimmy will be back for our weekend preview, which has many, many games, including... Copa Libertadores final, which is going to be a cracking game, an all Brazilian final. Jimmy, thank you so much, bud.
2: Thank you, Luis. Always a pleasure.
1: Hey, everybody, I want to thank Jimmy Conrad for joining me today. Don't forget, to listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please leave a rating and review. It helps others to find the show. It helps us to grow the show. And we want our family to grow and grow and grow. We're also on CBSports.com. Follow us on Twitter on Kegolasopod. Pod. I really hope you enjoy the rest of your week and we will see you very, very soon. Have a great day.